Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division I team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turna, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademarked blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner tough. It's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press row. The man that sees driving. The amazing Mr. Please, please, please himself. Joining us on the podcast once again today is someone I can describe as a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows. Of course, her team started off the NCAA tournament in a strong fashion, earning 4-0 victories over LIU and Princeton. Welcome back onto our show, head coach of the University of Virginia women's tennis team. It's Coach Sarah O'Leary. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you for having me. No, it is a pleasure to have you. And yeah, this has become an annual tradition as the you and the Who's into the round of 16 for a third consecutive season. Let's focus on this year's opening weekend. I know both of those scorelines were 4-0, but we had that Princeton match on our broadcast. I know it was anything but simple. Talk to me about what you saw from your team in the opening weekend. Yeah, I thought Princeton played really well um, and competed really well. Uh, the doubles, uh, they played well at one. Um, Daria and Grace, I thought, got off to a good start and 
I don't feel like we were playing our aggressive tennis as much as I've seen in the past at one doubles, but um, they've had a, you know, our number one teams had a great season. I think they were just caught off guard a little bit by Daria and Grace and they played well. So um, pretty straightforward at two and three doubles. I was pleased with what I saw um, from those spots, but then in singles, um, Princeton just didn't go away. Um, we won at six and five and we're up three zero and they just kept coming and coming. And, you know, we, we didn't, I didn't feel like we played our best tennis against Princeton, but I felt like what we did a really good job of was just staying present, um, being okay with being uncomfortable out there and just grinding and finding a way. And, you know, I think this season we've had so many close, tough matches being in the ACC conference that I felt like all of those matches really prepared us for that moment. And we handled it as well as we could not playing our best tennis. Yeah. And I know you guys have dealt with a bunch of different injuries this season. You were without <laughs> freshman Annabelle Shue for a bunch of the year to get those wins at five and six. I know, you know, both Sarah and Melody have been doing it all season long, but for them to come out, get those straight set victories, talk to me about their performance. Yeah, I mean, all business. Uh, they did a great job. I think they're very confident right now. Um, they've just worked so hard this entire season. So I feel like they're poised to to play some of their best tennis right now. Um, you know, Melody was, you know, not playing the way I've seen her play in the past few weeks. We made some adjustments there in that first set when she was down 5-6 and she didn't lose a game after that. And she was able to adjust so quickly. Um, so that was great. I actually wasn't on Sarah's court, but um, she's playing some really high level tennis right now and just really believing in herself. So proud of those two. And that helped us um, get off to that 3-0 start. Six courts across is a hike. I mean, you get your steps in. There's no <laughs> doubt about that as yeah. a coach. And, you know, again, I, I know you guys didn't have Elaine this past weekend. And with all of those injuries, this may be a silly question. I know it's May 10th, Sweet 16. Now's the time for this to be played, but watching from afar, it feels like your team hasn't played their best match yet. Like hasn't had that day where one through six, all three doubles courts, everything has clicked. Do you and the team feel that sense? I know it's May, but have do you feel that at all? Yes, actually. <laughs> and we've, we've talked about that a little bit. And, you know, I think at this point, um, it's all about your mentality going into these matches. And this season, we've probably faced more adversity with injuries and illnesses than I've ever seen in my entire coaching career. And I think now we're at a point where we've realized, wow, we've overcome so much this season. It's all about how we go into this match on Saturday. And, you know, we're excited for it. You know, we we lost to Michigan earlier in the season. We're playing at Michigan. I feel like we have nothing to lose in this match. And I think we are so battle tested that whatever's thrown at us, we're not going to be surprised. So um, we've talked a lot about it's it's about our mentality going into this weekend. And yeah, we're looking forward to having that match that, you know, it clicks for everybody. It hasn't happened. And we've still, I think, had a pretty good season not playing our best tennis across the line in any match. But, you know, that's what that's what's been so great about this season is different people have stepped up at different moments. And I think everyone on this team is capable of stepping up and in a moment like we're going to have on Saturday. I know the job, half of it at least, is making adjustments for you. How did you have to adjust practice schedules and just the things you were focused on throughout the course of the season, given all the absences, given, I mean, you, you played a lot of different lineup combinations. Shout out to you. All the permutations were hit. Um, you know, what is that like from your perspective? 
Um, it's, it's challenging, but I think we had different players that could step in at different moments. Um, you know, I think this is the deepest team that we've ever had. And so we were able to do some different things and play some different doubles combinations and, um, it's, it's worked out. And I think what's been great about this team is the selflessness. Um, you know, everybody is, you know, knows everybody else can step up at any moment. They're willing to play whatever position and do what's best for this team. So they've made it easy for us, uh, when we've had to make specific changes and, and variations. So mm-hmm. we have a very selfless team. Yeah. And, you know, Obviously, you mentioned the doubles there, the big number for you all. You have Julia and Melody, 19-3 and overall in dual match play at the number one spot. Now, this is something you and I have not discussed enough when we've had you on the show, which is your own remarkable playing career. And someday we'll do a full 30-minute deep dive on just that. But the reason (laughs) I bring that up is former NCAA doubles champion. You know what good doubles looks like. What sort of doubles have they been playing at the top spot? What allowed them to click so fast? They have great chemistry. Um, You just see the way that they both carry each other. Um, They run to each other in between points. They have amazing energy. They both love doubles too. I mean, you just see them out there and they're so excited to play. But I think Julia does such a good job of being able to take the ball so early and keep the ball low. And Melody's just, I mean, she has some of the best hands at the net of any college doubles player I've ever seen. So, um, you know, I think they complement each other really, really well. And then they just, you can tell they just love playing together. So it's been, it's no, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. It's just been so much fun. It's so much fun watching them play. It's so much fun working with them in practice. They just, they embrace it. They love it. And they love playing with each other. 2007, Sarah and Jenna versus 2023, <laughs> Julia and uh, Melody. Who's taking the match? Julia and Melody. That's a cop out <laughs> answer. And that's not, again, I'll turn the mic off and you'll say eight, three week. Take it. Are you kidding? Extended pro set. Here, here's the thing. Okay. That match in 2007, if you, if you go back and watch it, I have no backhand. I would stand outside the alley trying to hit as many forehands as possible. And the way we came, we lost our first set six, one in that match. And the way we came back is I just started chip lobbying my backhand and chipping my backhand low. These guys have too good at overheads. They would have taken that chip lob and hurt me. And, you know, we would have had no chance. So, um, I, I'm giving it to Melody and uh, and Julia. <laughs> I don't know it worked. Like don't don't count the lob out when it's working. I know I you know again I've heard the stories, but you know you mentioned Julia and I know you've had transfers come into the program before, but to have a fifth year that experienced who's been around the block in college tennis at the same time is new to the ACC, is new to Virginia. What's it been like integrating her into the team this year? Super easy. Um, she's an excellent student. So she had a ton of time to come out and train and work on her game. She really wanted to come somewhere, come somewhere where she felt like she could get better and have a lot of good players to play with. Um, she comes to practice every day. I'm not joking with the biggest smile on her face. I mean, she is just the happiest kid. She loves tennis. Um, she loves being out there and she gets along with everybody so well on our team. So it was such an easy transition, which is not always the case with a transfer. But with Julia, um, it's been seamless. She's been great. Is Does it make you – I mean, again, you've worked through the transfer portal before. 
is it is an experience like this something that makes you think you know what maybe i should dip into that more frequently because i know some you're someone who focuses on long-term development as well and it's always easier to do that when you have four years with a player does it open your perspective to make you think you know what like this isn't the worst yeah i mean i think it's it's all about how you're connecting with that player and how your team connects with that player. So it really, to me, doesn't matter if it's, you know, a first year transfer or first year player or fifth year transfer. I mean, I think, you know, if you have a connection with that player, you know, if this is the right place for them, but, but it takes time in recruiting, you know, you got to spend that time getting to know them. you got to bring them in on that visit. you got to get them, you know, incorporated with the team. And I think when you have that and you know, it's, it can be a great fit no matter what year they are. And, and, Julio, Julio is great. And the thing is, I recruited Julia to Davidson when I was the head coach there. So brought her in on a visit there, met her mom. So I knew Julia <laughs> a little bit and I was so disappointed when I didn't get her there. But things worked out because five years later, I, I got to coach her. So, yeah, no, it's a win win all the way across the board. And, you know, again, I could ask about all of the members of your team. I do want to point to Serziadato, who I mentioned earlier. I think she's won her last eight matches and eight and one overall in her last 10. You know, she is someone who's had a ton of success all year long uh, throughout her career, but she's played everywhere in your lineup this mm-hmm. season. And again, to mm-hmm. experience that success in all these different places, what's working so well for her this year? I think this is the time that she really peaks. I mean, the same thing happened last year. Um, I don't know. I think just the matches under her belt uh, just give her confidence. And the more she's playing, the more she's competing, the better better she does. So um, I don't know. I mean, we've had confidence in her all year long, but I do feel like this is when she's playing her best tennis. She's just moving really well. She's striking the ball well. She's seeing the court really well. Um, But credit to her, she comes in all the time. You know, she comes in two to three times a week and does extra individuals. And at every practice, she's really focused and you can tell just really engaged and wanting to get better. So we've seen that progress throughout the season. Mm-hmm. How uh, just what's it like for Annabelle Shu as a freshman? You know, again, it's May and yet it's really like the second month of her season. What's it do for the team to get her healthy? Obviously, she's playing at three. She's having success doing it. Talk to me about her level and resilience through it all this year. Yeah, I mean, it was very difficult for her to get that news that she would be out as long as she had to be out. She was playing really high level tennis at National Indoor. She won all her matches um, and pretty straightforward. I mean, she was playing really, really well. But things happen, you know, and it's all about how we respond to it. And what I love about how Annabelle responded to it is, you know, she couldn't be on the court for practice hitting, but she was on the court every day. And she would stand with uh, Peachy and me and talk to us about what she was seeing with the girls. And she would watch the matches so closely and come up to Peachy and I after a match and say, you know what, I saw this with with Julia's serve or with Melody's shot. And she was so engaged. And I think she became a better player during that time because she got to see the game from a different perspective. Um, And she was so willing to meet with teammates and talk to them about what she saw. And our, she, she has a really good eye for the game and our players really respected what she was saying and what she saw. And so as difficult as it was to have her out, out of, you know, not being able to play, she added a lot of value during that time. And so now to have her back with the, um, knowledge she she gained from those you know eight weeks I think she's just 
you know, in a great spot and really excited and grateful to be out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I know we've talked about the new pieces, but this is a group that has been around each other for a while. I'm curious, and I'm asking this to every coach, what's the go-to off-court activity for Virginia women's tennis? That's a good question. Um, they do a lot of, a lot of them live together. So, I mean, that could be just hanging out of their apartment, watching Netflix. They go to dinner together all the time. So we have a student athlete dining hall and, you know, as soon as practice is over, they all go eat together. They're very studious. They're very, very smart group. So they study together a, a lot. Um, but they just, they get along really well. A lot of respect for each other, very different personalities throughout the team, but a lot of respect for each other. No, that's awesome to hear. And obviously everything's going to be important because we know how talented every team remaining is down the home stretch. You guys have the Sweet 16 coming up. You're headed to Ann Arbor, as you mentioned, taking on a Michigan team who you faced earlier in the season. They were able to knock you off at that national indoors. But obviously four months later, a lot of things have changed. What are your thoughts on the matchup? What's it going to take for your team to get the job done? I think it's just going to take us going in there focused on what is our mentality going to be? You know, how are we, there's going to be ups and downs throughout the match. How are we going to respond to those? Um, Are we going in there hunting or are we going in there afraid to lose? So um, it's really going to be about our decision on how we approach this match. Uh, Michigan's a great team who we have a lot of respect for. Obviously they beat us earlier in the season. What's interesting about this match is it's, going to be all different matchups except for I think Natasha's so um and maybe one of the number two doubles so um we're excited it's a great opportunity I think we've gained so much experience since National Honor is playing in this ACC conference um and so I think we're battle tested and we're ready to go and it's going to be less about the tennis and it's going to be about mentally how we take it on how good is the ACC? What's that like all year long where it's just like at Notre Dame at, you know, again, there's no, there's no layup. I don't, we did not have one easy, straightforward match in the <laughs> ACC conference. I mean, we played Virginia tech and won five, two at our place. And it was a battle. We went to Syracuse and it it's very difficult to play there. I mean, Boston college was very competitive. I mean, teams that, in the past, the matches haven't been as competitive. This year was different. And I'm really impressed with what those coaches have been doing and improving their programs. And it's just making our conference stronger. So, I mean, to have to get be up for every match every weekend is going to make you better. So it's, it's tough and it's challenging, but I do think it's going to help us going into the postseason here. You guys are headed to Michigan, you know, for this super regional. You've played both formats. You were in Orlando last time for the Sweet 16. What are your thoughts on super regional versus host site uh, being just the final site? Um, I actually, I like the super regional. I think that it brings out more fans to those matches. I know last year when we hosted, we had a great crowd. I think it was one of the most enjoyable matches that, we've ever played since we've been here at, at UVA and the players felt the same way. So, and I know Michigan's going to bring out, a, I'm sure they're going to have a ton of fans and, you know, we'll be ready for that. But I think that makes college tennis so exciting when you get, get a big crowd like that. And, and it just brings so much energy uh, to, to the sport. So I like it. Um, you know, we've never, been on the road for the super regional. So, you know, I may feel differently after this weekend, <laughs> but um as of now, I mean, I'm, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about scheduling in the past, but 
the more I watch and follow college tennis, the more I realize from the coaching side, it kind of is a game of math. And, you know, again, ranked wins in the ACC, none of the losses hurt you. They're all easy to come by. But looking down the season when your team is in the thick of, you know, a, a top eight sort of race, I'm almost wondering why coaches don't just keep a date always in their back pocket to be like, you know what, it's Tuesday, April 7th. Let's go play, you know, I'm sure there's an SEC team close by to Virginia that you guys could find. Is that something you ever consider doing? Um, We've only considered adding a match if we didn't make national indoors um, in the past. But moving forward, not to say we wouldn't do that, um, but I definitely feel like we could have used one more signature win this year. Um, I think what hurt us was at national indoors, we we got really sick. Uh, we had a, we had multiple players who were just really sick. And so we, we lost some opportunities there cause we just weren't at our full capacity. Um, but moving forward, we, we already have Michigan on the schedule for next year. <laughs> so we're playing them at their place the weekend before national indoors. So, um, you're right. I mean, it's scheduling is, is huge and luckily we're in the ACC. And so we get so many good opportunities, but I think having one more big match like like Michigan is is great to add to our schedule, and we're we're considering even a few more for next year. Yeah, I look forward to that schedule unveiling. Well, then, last few questions for you. I know you're locked in on everything going on at your school and everything going on in your program, but it's a really cool year this 2023 college tennis season. There are a lot of fun things to follow. I'm curious if outside of your program there's any team coach player that has particularly impressed you this season yeah i mean iowa state it's amazing what he's done it's incredible to me i mean it's i can't imagine um how difficult it, it could be to recruit there and he's done a phenomenal job and his team is is playing so hard and so well for him. So um, I, you know, I think he's done a great job. I've actually also been really quite impressed with UCLA here at the end um, to lose both matches at the kickoff weekend and then to come out, travel all the way across the country and beat Duke in the round of 32. Um, I'm I'm impressed with the resilience that they've shown, the adjustments they must have made. And I haven't really watched them play, but just kind of follow their results a bit. So um, and both those teams are going to be playing this weekend and one of them will be in the quarters this <laughs> this year. So uh, those two teams have stood out to me. Yeah, no, it's been such a fun season. Again, so many different directions you could go. And obviously the depth, the parity, uh, it's been one of these storylines. 16 teams remaining, Super Regionals this weekend. Is there a clear-cut favorite for the title? Mm, it's hard to say. Um, I think I think when you're here at the end, um, again, I really, truly believe it's all about who handles the moment the best. And you know, what we learned a lot was uh, last year from our men's team. And I think the way they took on those matches, especially once they got to Illinois, they played with such joy. They played with such hunger. They played, yeah, just so together um, and not afraid. And so 
I really think it's about the team that that takes on that mentality the best. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of good teams out there. <laughs> no, it, it's going to be fun. And, you know, again, last two questions here for you. I know it's not new. It opened up last year. But to have the outdoor facility now located so close to the indoor facility and looking at the courts, looking at the stadium setup, this is the first really full season with the outdoors, I suppose, ready to roll. Uh, what's that been like for you all? It's so beautiful out there. I don't know if you've been there, or just seen, you know, from the last, I think it's one of the most beautiful places to be able to play a match, um, you know, and just being right next to the indoor courts yesterday, we started practice. We were out there for about 20 minutes. It started raining. So easy to go into the indoor courts. Whereas before when we were at Schneider on grounds, um, you know, we'd have to pack up all our, all of our stuff, pack up the balls, go get our cars in the garage and drive over. So, you know, it's so convenient. Um, we have our weight room here, our athletic training room here. We have a cafe. They can get lunch. I mean, it's just, it's been a dream to be able to coach here. I can't believe that's my office. So <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> very, it's, very lucky. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It really is. And so yeah. I haven't had the chance to go there in person yet, but yeah, you can just tell on the stream, it would be a very fun place to play tennis. My last question for you, not related to this year's team, and I'm sure you get this question quite frequently, but it's not very often you have someone who a year ago today was getting ready to play in the Sweet 16 and is now inside the top 100 of the WTA rankings. And, you know, again, it wasn't just Emma. It was Peyton as well. There are two players who were in NCAAs last year now in the top 100. Does it shock you at all? I mean, you got to see it day in, day out that Emma's made this jump this quickly. It doesn't surprise me just because of her work ethic and her mentality about things. Um I'm so proud of her and I'm so excited for her. We got to see her. She played the 60K here on clay um, at the boar's head. So we got to watch her matches. And I mean, she wasn't just winning. She was dominating. Um, she's on a mission right now. And and I've seen so much improvement within her game with her serve. She's adding slice. She's taking her forehand earlier. Um, and so it was really fun to watch. And she's the same old Emma, just <laughs> humble as can be. You would have no idea. She just won the tournament after she <laughs> finishes. You know, she's just like, where are we going for lunch? Um, I mean, she's just such a good kid. And I think because she's so grounded, um, I can't wait to see how far she goes because she just doesn't have these highs and lows. She's just always focused on getting better every day. And, and, just I'm just super proud of her. Yeah, I feel like she's really turned into an athlete as well. Like just like not that she wasn't yeah. before, but it's just like that's a pro. You just like yeah. everything. It, it's crazy to see the jump she's already made. And yeah, I mean, yeah, top 100 and under a year. Not too shabby. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And and I'm super happy for Peyton. I mean, what a I mean, she's having a great career. And I think this is so great for college tennis um, to show that this is a this is a good option. And there's there's certainly places that you can go where you can get better and they have the resources. And so, um, you know, we got to know Peyton quite a bit in recruiting. Yeah. We were hoping she was going to come to UVA, but uh, she's a great kid. And I'm really, really happy for her. Yeah, and then to your point, exactly. It, it speaks to the level of college tennis right now. Two players going straight from the NCAA quarterfinals to the top 100 and under a year. Uh, I think you had a little bit to do with that as well, coach. And I always appreciate you taking the time to chat uh, with us here at Crack Rackets. Obviously, well, I guess no outdoor cameras. So I'll do a rain dance just so we can watch your match this weekend. Um, <laughs> so all of us can, yeah, but appreciate you taking the time to chat and uh, wishing you and the team uh, luck this weekend. Go Hoos. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, take care, coach.
Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at crack rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer daniel westoff who has a of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support turna tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone